वेलकम टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री पॉडकास्ट दिस इज एन एल हफ्ता हेलो एंड वेलकम टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री हफ्ता दिस टाइम वी हैव टू पीपल मिसिंग इन एक्शन एक्चुअली मैनी पीपल मिसिंग इन एक्शन मधु इज आउट ऑफ टाउन एज इज मनीषा हु डिड द एस आर लीक स्टोरी विथ अरुण अब वी हैव आनंद our brilliant consulting editor we have arunab hi our brilliant reporter we have ranjan say hello <laughs> hello who has recorded another episode of close line which should be up next week so hallelujah that's two in two weeks not bad and i'm abhinandan so last week since arunab spoke the least arunab why don't you kick off if you want to start what you liked and what you didn't like in coverage this week and what do you think of the 2G leaks what did they tell us about journalism corporate or anything else uh i think since i was so involved in the sr story over the weekend i got very little time to read anything else so i suppose i just begin with the sr leaks you can just begin by telling me how hard you work good uh, yeah <laughs> that for uh, that people know anyway uh so yeah so i think uh what was surprising for me was uh you know even if there weren't even if for example uh, a certain editor uh, just, just name him so we already have named him uh, sandeep bamjai you know there wasn't any you know any proof of uh, you know quid pro quo as such but the fact that you'd ask a cab from a company you're reporting on and reporting on a regular basis because that was during 2G you know that that was just after 2G scam had broken and you know and an editor of a paper that's reporting on the company and on the scam that uh, they have been charged sheeted in so i think it's 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 strange that somebody should do it and i think first uh, the the first emotion or the, the the first my first reaction was of surprise and anything else that uh, you know senior reporters and senior editors were doing it and for the longest time didn't think there was anything wrong in it a lot of a lot of senior journalists a lot of senior business reporters i've spoken to have in fact uh, uh, justified you know they say that they loved and told me that uh, it happens it's just part of the job you do take cabs you do take favors you know there's nothing wrong in it As, but i i just probably i'm just too young and idealistic but i i, I think it's, it's it's a horrible thing to do you when know you're neither <laughs> of course i'm young but yeah but yeah okay, but okay he is he's just 24 guys 26 but, uh, yeah but but i think uh, yeah that, that that's what uh, i was really surprised that people did things like that you know and uh, so if i may cut in what surprises me is that you're sitting in a news laundry office and you're using the word senior journalist and we never use was like senior and junior journalist is not fucking high school they are journalists uh, and they're 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 years of experience behind them yeah, that's what i meant yeah so yeah okay <laughs> yeah hmm. So uh, yeah that's all but it, but it was great fun changing the story i, I mean uh, how many emails do you have to go through we went through like around uh, more than 30 emails and mm. it was just two of us uh, over the weekend mm. and uh, all the most uh, fun part of it you know uh, basically so what we did was we called up everyone everyone whose name was involved we called everyone so this journalist from uh, from buster who mm. was involved and no one knew who he was so mm. this journalist who worked with a newspaper and mm. we, i mean the newspaper wasn't mentioned in the in the emails so uh, so like complete what we did was you know it was a really far shot but he called up rahul pandita you know who had reported from buster mm. he didn't know the guy uh but uh, manisha the four side tell me to you know get a number of a stringer from him so we called up a stringer and he happened to know the str- uh, and the stringer happened to know him it was just by chance and in within half an hour we had a reaction pretty good from that's him. good journalism well yeah. done so it was a lot of fun to telling that story and it was just two of us in the office you know we settled <laughs> i mean we just i mean the whole weekend we spent you know doing the story so it was great fun yeah what do you think anand yeah i mean i was a, it was a fantastic story and uh, but i i don't know why 
it's kind of petered down in the press. I mean, that's the impression I've got over the last, you know, three or four days that it ha it hasn't got that avalanche behind it, which you know the. Uh, because the next episode of Sas Bahu is playing out, <laughs> <laughs> no one stands a chance against the AAP drama. <laughs> Also, I think the next day the budget came out, no? So that was yeah. a welcome relief, you know. So for a lot of journalists, I suppose. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll just. Uh, um, sorry, uh, what do you think, Ranjan? Anything? I mean, about this story or anything else that you liked or didn't like from the weeks? Um, I just found it slightly interesting <coughs> the way different media houses handled it. Yeah. So while there were repercussions, and you know, journalists involved have been let go and have tendered their resignations, I found it interesting on Times now. Um, the way Arnab sort of talked about media introspection while at the same time not mentioning whatsoever that, you know, one of the journalists named is now currently employed or rather was at that point currently employed by Times Now. It was just this sort of double standard where on one hand, you know, you're willing to talk about the case, but the other hand, you're, you're above scrutiny mm. altogether. That's, I, I mean, I just thought, um, and I'm not being kind to the media and I'm not saying this as approval or disapproval, it was just, uh, this is just an observation that I think any reaction comes from the context we live in. So it's the same set of people, the same cultural values, the same moral or ethical values that occupy the collective consciences mind space. And while conflict of interest exists in corporate houses, it exists in media, uh, in uh, in politics, all sorts of, you know, people are riding yachts, like Gadkari was in the guy's yacht. There was no outrage with it. But in new studios, resignations and show cause notices were sent out so quickly. Now, while news learning was set up because there was a certain amount of cynicism, even for me personally, with how casual they were about propriety in the news space, I thought it was interesting that um, the standards that these guys played by, the news space, news, news space were much higher than I've seen played out anywhere else. I mean, in the same, within three days resignations, within, on that day, some of these bums It's a lot to do with, I suppose, the social media and, uh, you know. So, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I think Abhinandan has a point. I, I mean, so, social media existed even in 2009, <coughs> 2010, you know, when the original 2G case came mm. out. And, uh, but the journalists that were implicated in that, you know, are still around. Mm. So I think, in, and I think there's, there's another point, uh, Abhinandan, which is that we, as a nation, have a problem with uh, understanding what is conflict of interest. Mm, true. And I, I don't know why. I mean, I, it's maybe because we have different dictionaries or something. I mean, you know, it goes from <laughs> Ravi Shastri and Sunil Gavaskar <laughs> right. to uh, almost pervades every, uh, 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 you know, basically any system yeah. of governance, of private, this thing. We just don't know. And when we're caught, the first thing we say is, well, you know, this is not conflict of interest. Yeah, and oh, everyone knows big deal. Yes. That's so stupid. Like, Hota hai, you know, exactly, uh, I think that's... So, that's I mean, for example, for Gavaskar to be paid, you know, <coughs> to be commenting, and, you know, Ian Botham and Nasser Hussain actually said this live on air. Yeah, yeah, Shah Shastri almost picked a fight with Nasser Hussain. But, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's a different kettle of fish in this country, I mean, to understand what is conflict of interest. So, I, I think... Um, I think it was a bit sad for the uh, you know people to uh, not understand that there is a there is a conflict of interest when you're taking cabs from these companies, mm. and uh, I mean I, I have very low expectations from politicians anyway. So you know Gadkari is par for the course mm. in the sense that you know I mean obviously the guy doesn't understand a con <laughs> even if he wasn't serving as a minister. <laughs> 
to go in someone's yacht to take your whole family in someone's actually yacht. hell i, I should mean, have just i should have googled this there was some uh, uh, member of the house of lords or whatever commons jo bhi hota hai uk mein and he had gone hunting in the forest fox hunting right. in the forest of some uh, you know rich dude in uk yeah that's all he had just gone hunting that forest it was like his gun or his mm. hunting mm. and because that came in to the public space um he designed yes i mean you know. for the, oh, that something that minor so yeah i think um, yeah, i i just think uh, there should be more such stories i'm hoping news laundry can get hold of some whistleblower in in some other uh, corporate house you know something that begins with an r and ends with an e <laughs> and how much fun would That's that be but, <laughs> but more interesting was you know the people at least one of the the ladies who journalist who resigned hmm. then she let out a diatribe against yeah uh, yeah the Times, you know and uh, pretty scathing i would right. say and i think if it was if i were uh, you know in hindustan times i would go all out to either you know diss what she said hmm. or constitute an inquiry i mean because i mean some of the allegations are very serious grave, very serious i agree you know Okay other than that quite honestly I have not uh, come across anything spectacular this week or anything that terrible that I'd like to trash either uh, I think there were a few good pieces uh, that I read um, in I read a really I mean there was in radio open source which I keep tweeting on Twitter of course you'll tweet on Twitter more on uh, which I keep <laughs> tweeting out uh, about um, uh, infrastructure I think it's a must listen for anybody it's called radio open source Uh, and it's uh, got like f- fantastic examples of the world over what people are doing with infrastructure and US UK Germany uh, and i think india because we plan to build infrastructure that is a very informative piece also you know their approach to to public transport how important that is and what they're doing with it anyway that was one and the second of course was this um, the two things we need to discuss is the app thing how it again dominated headlines and the second is the where uh, you would give us the insider of course i'll give Hopefully. you right here i'll give you stuff you don't get anywhere else and the december 16 documentary film so who wants to go first and what do you want to start with if we go uh, chronologically we, we should, should go it up i suppose exactly. we should go it up okay. first go with up first then uh yeah go so. arnab So I think the app, uh, the, the whole app episode has uh, two parts. One's about <coughs> the express story about uh, whether uh, the journalist should have uh, revealed the source. Right. I think uh, I think she revealed the source because the source became bigger than the story. Then I think uh, I think it was just not on and uh, not on uh, as in she shouldn't have. She should okay. not have. Mm-hmm. She should not have. And uh, and particularly to a person who is being reported on. So just not on. I think that was bad journalism. I mean, I, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the Indian Express, but uh, I don't. I think the Indian Express uh, should not have stood by the journalist in this case, or at least should have, you know, accepted that there is a mistake. And about the other part, uh, I don't have much of an opinion, uh, but I do think what's happening is uh, kind of unfortunate. Uh, and as an, uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I mean. Yeah, I've had nice things to say about up in the past, as uh, mm-hmm. people would know, but I think this is just not on. I mean, this is, this is unfortunate that it's hardly been what uh, it's been like a month. And so, from uh, where you're standing and watching it, you think it's Servin's fault? I have a lot of. Uh, I mean, I I know I've I've uh, I've come close to people on both uh, camps, and I hear a lot of conflicting uh, accounts. So I I don't think I would want to comment on it. I'd make it. I won't do a value judgment at the pass a value judgment at this stage, but yeah, prime of essay it does look like it's uh, if not Irwin's fault, it does look like the fault of the Irwin camp and. Mm. Uh, 
a certain uh, and a few ex journalists uh, uh, in the party yeah yeah so that's going to to ashutosh ashish khetan yeah anand you want to go no i mean i, I mean i suppose you would uh, you know give us uh, a much better uh, input into <laughs> I this i going to say no but i mean just to say that this, these are um, i mean I, i certainly do think it is arvin's fault uh not because of the uh, yogendra yadav's imbroglio but more so because of the letter of prashant bhushan <coughs> which is uh, according to me hugely damaging because of three or four things uh, uh you know it actually tells uh, tells you what was going on in aap for the last 6 to 7 months that in spite of that so called quote and quote communal poster that you know kejriwal said uh, arvin said that you know it's this is uh, sacrilegious and it's uh, this thing and then uh, uh, you know you you make that person an mla or give him a ticket and then uh, uh, you know so re- reading that long letter uh, of course you know uh, aap and ashutosh obviously had another point of view saying that these are ultra leftists who should be uh, uh, you know purged from the party or things of that sort but i think i think his his letter made sense and i think if aap uh, if aap was clever over the last 6 months it should have heeded to a lot of what prashant bhushan said because i i i mean i disagree with his ideology mm. completely but um, uh, there is no denying the fact that you know he uh, you know he he is not corrupt mm-hmm. he can he can stand up to uh, you know yeah, if he clean as a whistle that yeah. there's no doubt i, you know, I don't think I mean, anyone and, has clean and his his history proves that you know mm-hmm. i mean in supreme court in otherwise and yeah, so yeah. and secondly uh, you know as far as yogendra yadav is concerned he was member of the pac mm. when you got those uh, donations when aap got those donations of 2 crores it automatically according to the rules uh, he should have screened them where is that report you know did he screen them what happened to those 2 crores did aap return it so uh, i mean these questions more than uh, you know uh, dealing with yogendra yadav or prashant bhushan i think uh, it would have been wiser for aap to deal with what they had said more than anything else because people come and go in the party but you know what they say uh, you can take heed of that mm. ranjan i know i just think in terms of public perception it sets up back a long way mm. uh, if you look at their first stint in governance when they quit in 49 days that sort of left this tag on them as these amateurs and you know they really don't know what they're doing they're naive uh, and then over the last year you've seen a lot of like really shrewd political maneuvering that has sort of one back public perception to a certain degree and then you're telling me not even a month after you're elected your top leadership is squabbling and you have ego clashes and it's being handled so badly you have leaked i mean leaked letters i mean so much happening now they just seem to be taking you know like one step forward and two steps back and i think it's very damaging moving forward for them hmm rich should we move on to the next Hey! Not <laughs> 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 letting you go. <laughs> I, I mean, I can. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I have, I have a personal view as, you know, just having known many of these people for years before the party was made, and having been closely, you know, involved in the campaign during the uh, general election. I was, um, in fact, campaign going for these road shows. with arvind at that time and with yogendra in fact i had also gone i think um <clears throat> i personally have a lot of uh, affection and uh, respect for prashant 
I think he's an amazing guy. Um, I personally do not have that kind of affection or respect for Mr. Yadav. Um, and I wish Arvind and Prashant could have resolved it, but um, I will just stop at saying that as long as Yogendra has tied his destiny very cleverly with Prashant's, it will not happen. If the two issues, and they are two very separate issues, although a lot has been tried to club the two together uh, by Yogendra, had he fought his battle separately and Prashant his separately, I think Prashant and Arvind's would have resolved. But I think Yogendra knew that he stands a better chance if he ties his destiny with Prashant's. Yeah, and, um, if I can just add to that, I mean, between the two, Prashant and Yogendra, there is no question in my mind uh, uh, you know, that Prashant had absolutely no motive whatsoever. I agree. To, uh, uh, you know, as far as politics is concerned or to, uh, you know, with Yogendra, I mean, I have my doubts. You know, but with Prashant, I can say it with, uh, you know, absolute 100% certainty that, uh, you know, and his history, past yeah. history shows so. You know, he, he's, not, he's not bothered about politics or whether Aap should win or lose or something. Yeah. He's just... Prashant uh, is a case of pure idealism. It's is just, yeah. Yeah, sometimes... It's not opportunity. Yeah, sometimes I think it goes too far, but anyway, yeah, that's... that's it does. <coughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, the rest, they'll figure it out. I, I, I have never thought that it'll ever be a smooth ride. And uh, I think everyone has their flaws, and um, they'll figure it out, I guess. And I also feel that Arvind should have taken much more proactive role <coughs> in, in resolving this, rather than, you know, uh, running away again. This time yeah. to Bangalore. <laughs> <laughs> Natural medicine. <laughs> um, anything else anyone has to say on this? Or can we move on to the hottest topic that yes. honestly has been around for the longest time? Yeah, the documentary. Huh? Can we? Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Okay, so um, regarding the documentary, again, Narunab, you want to go first? <clears throat> Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so I... It's, and sorry, before we get into what we think of the film, for those of us who've seen it, I haven't. Uh, I, I haven't. think these two lads have. No, I, I avoided it. I have. You have yeah, seen it. I okay. Uh, is that... Um, let's just go about the coverage of it. Um, starting with what Arnab did and what other channels, India TV also, uh, a lot of them. Uh, let's go with how our media covered it before we put our view on it. So it started with NDTV broadcasting the trailers. <coughs> The promos. The, the teasers <laughs> and, you know, announcing that they were mm. going to broadcast it on, I believe, the 8th. Sorry, you don't want to watch it? I, I will watch it. That's okay. I haven't so far. Okay. So, it started with them broadcasting the teasers. And the teasers were a wee bit sensational. Mm. Because they did say, you know, the face of evil mm. and things like that. Where I do think they could have been a lot more level and somber considering the mm. content. Um, and then I... I don't remember what I was working on, so I was off Twitter and I was off social media and I wasn't watching the news. And then I get back on, I have this flood of messages in my Twitter inbox saying, ban this, it insults India, Nirbhaya insulted, next thing I know, Times Now has made this their personal campaign. And I think at that point, it really started, the criticism really started to sort of spiral out. Uh, you know, sorry, uh, no, whether the <coughs> film good, bad, ugly, we can come to that later. I think it's shocking that there's some Avasthi journalist from IBN7 of seeing their Twitter handles. Sumit Avasthi. You know, like they are pretty much uh, uh, Arunab asking for a ban. You know, when journalists start doing that, I, I, I'm very optimistic and hopeful kind of guy. But at that time, I really, I mean, that's when I touched the bottom of, dude, you know, there's no fucking hope. Hmm. When a journalist is asking for another journalist to be gagged, you can say that this is shit, this is crap what they do. Right. 
But the moment you say they should be gagged, there is very little hope for journalism in this country because that idiot does not realize what he has just said. It is like saying, I am, you know, an atheist, let me just go pray. You are doing the opposite of what you stand for. I just, and such a simple thing, if journalists in this country can't get, I think they are fucking stupid. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Do you think it's a case of envy though? It, irrelevant. Like, even in envy, even if I'm very envious of someone, you can't, yeah, that is your destiny, not another person's. You can say what a shitty choice they made, what a shit film, don't watch it, watch me. But to say gag it, yeah. you're killing yourself, dude. They're two very different things. Anand? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, I have, I have a, you know, three or four views on it, and I agree with you completely. I mean, it is ridiculous to ban, uh, you know, either for the government or for anybody to ask for a ban on anything, you know, leave alone books or film or documentary or anything like that. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't find anything wrong in, uh, in the docu. I haven't seen it, but I wouldn't find anything wrong in the documentary, <coughs> except for the fact that. Uh, you know, the, the, the beast, if I can call him so, has been given a platform. Now, there are two or three things here where, you know, I've reasoned out, I may be wrong, but, you know, this is, this is how I feel, which is that, um, you know, you, what you're doing is, and I, I think, uh, and those who've seen the, the documentary, I think Dipanjana of First Post mm. had a very nice commentary on her uh, Rajshri just put one up. We've, okay. we've just, in fact, uh, right. half an hour ago, we've uploaded yeah, our very nice. uh, and, uh, You know, what she'd said it, uh, said Dipanjana says is that there is nothing new that I have learned from this documentary, and uh, I think I think the best per uh, the best comments I have seen is actually by a Supreme Court lawyer called Nikhil Mehra, mm. and uh, if I can just take a minute to read out, you know what he said because I tweeted that as well. He's made a couple of outstanding points. So what he says is, understanding the rapists is a very important part of combating rape as has been done by special law enforcement agencies like the FBI's Behavioral Assessment Unit. They do this because it is their job to apprehend rapists. Similarly, other experts working on understanding or combating rape will do the same, like sociologists, psychiatrists, etc., whether employed by the police or otherwise. It is an integral part of evolving an effective law enforcement policy for combating the problem of rape. But granting a rapist a public forum to vent his hatred for women in general and his lack of remorse for his specific actions at best serves no purpose, which is what Dipanjana also alluded to. At worst, it glorifies the state of mind of the rapist. It creates a platform from which others similarly <laughs> inclined in their views of the role of women draw support for the conclusion that rape is a suitable punishment for women that step beyond the defined notions of their role that such individuals hold to be true. And finally, which is very important from the law perspective, it is also detrimental for the rapist as a matter of trial fairness, since it expresses a lack of remorse that is a relevant factor for sentences. So I think you know what, what he's brought about in these mm -hmm. 10 or 15 sentences is basically uh, what many of us uh, may miss, which is that you know it can be detrimental as far as law Providing uh, the rest of it is fine, but the last yeah. one is his call again. I think that's patronizing. I mean, who's Mr. Mehra to decide what's best for that guy? That guy knows no, but the. There is there is something called mistrial of. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, what I'm saying so, is, know, I mean, as far as the legalities is concerned, yeah. that he has the right to give an interview. Mm -hmm. That we've carried a piece on. Yeah. He is well within his rights to give the interview. 
the authorities are well within the rights to grant the interview and the filmmaker is well within her rights to take the interview so on that there is no ambiguity right whether it is a good judgment call is for him and his lawyer to decide yeah. who is mr mera to decide that bhai it is very then you become his lawyer as long as no illegality has happened the maximum one can say illegality and i'll check on that is that apparently the jail authorities had said that we will see the film before right you now i don't know if that's tenable in court because i in fact the home ministry uh, has tweeted this <coughs> yeah. Yeah, so that they did not take commission so i suppose they have the uh, the law backing them or whatever yeah so i don't know if that is you know uh, no, tenable fair point. in court or not because i mean i've made tv shows all my life yeah. so when we shoot at a place very often we take you know we permission a permission that was, but once i've got the footage uh, and again as a reporter this happened has happened to me when i used to work news track you know someone says uh, i don't want you to use what i said i'm like dude you give it to me now i'll use what i want so i don't know if that's defend if you sign a contract saying okay i will not release it then maybe it's defendable but to the best man is not arnab jos i think exactly the opposite uh, mm-hmm. i i i th- i think when uh, when someone says that uh, you know it uh, normalizes the view and somebody uh, like say if you give a platform to rape somebody says stuff like it did like you know it's a woman's fault and uh, it uh, legitimizes that point of view i think that's exactly the opposite because if you because uh, you know uh, let's face it you know most indian men i mean lot of indian men at least you know echo what this guy said that mm-hmm. women are lesser creatures you know but the fact that you know it's been proved beyond doubt and i mean everyone acknowledges that the most misogynist man acknowledges that misogynist man acknowledges that what they did was terrible what yeah. they did was just just unacceptable so i think the fact that if, if, if a man who's watching it and who's probably had such uh, feelings at some point of time thinks that yes the woman is uh, yes you know i i i i'm i'm just uh, as a man i'm better off than a woman i think i think a, a, a person like that uh, is going to do a slight you know as uh, is take a more critical view of himself yeah. analyze himself and be more critical of himself that yes if this guy thinks exactly the way i have at some point of time Correct. and he did this and i don't want to do this yeah. you know i think i think also if you say, also i think it's it's just unfair i think you you're you're undermining the collective intelligence of an entire sort of people if you think that people can discern for themselves what is good and what is bad people are going to people are going to accept that if this guy, this rapist this guy who's a complete douche i'm sorry you know is saying this and oh, okay what he's saying is i don't think people are going to do that i think people know that what he did was extremely wrong and i should not in any form associate myself to him you know but you see i don't know the point is i mean you you make a fair point but you see when you say there is somebody who has similar views as the rapist Uh, might listen to this guy yeah. and then change his views that is what you're saying yeah, now that, yeah. you only have to listen to this rapist lawyers to realize that that is not the case i mean those guys have even more obnoxious or the same level of obnoxiousness than this guy and clearly you know they haven't changed at all because you know they've been interviewed as well so uh, in what sense has uh their association with this guy helped them change their views no so see, i see, also so i think i uh, i yeah. think in the i think the documentary provides a sense of context um for viewers so for example um these lawyers have interacted with them in this sort of vacuum where they just have their social and cultural values uh and nothing to really contrast it with i mean well there is obviously stuff to contrast it with if they had the sense to look but they haven't um so i think that in the context of the larger documentary i think it makes it very clear that these values are highly problematic so when you view the interview as a standalone i can see how you could take issue with it and how you could find you know that this might glorify, also, glorify or normalize uh, these thoughts 
But in the larger context of the rape and what happened and in the documentary, I think it puts things in perspective. So my point is not no, no issue with the documentary on the subject whatsoever. But uh, do you think it would have taken something away from the documentary had they not interviewed this person, this rapist, or not shown his image? Do you, do you think it would have taken something I, out from the documentary? I mean, not, that is what I, I feel I should maybe, answer. Maybe not, question. maybe not, but what I, want to, uh, I want to make a point here. There are two, uh, there's, there's another guy that uh, makes an appearance throughout the documentary. Uh, the guy, uh, the tutor, who used to teach uh, uh, Jyoti. Uh, no, no, the, the Jyoti Singh. The, uh, she, her mother had, uh, yeah, so the guy who used to teach Jyoti. And so there are two guys. This is this one guy who is progressive, who says very categorically that what was a mistake, just that she went to watch a movie so i think a, i think a, I, th I think a viewer knows that i want to be this guy and not that guy you know and you know so i think no, no but that doesn't but there's a, there's a the, the question is very simple do you think the documentary would have been any less uh, would have made any less of an impact had this uh, rapist not been interviewed or not yeah. been shown i, I think, think so i think I so. Th that is what a, i want as to, a filmmaker uh, hmm who started off as a documentary filmmaker before I realized there's no money in it, <laughs> uh, was that <clears throat> you're telling a story from a point of view, not, I don't know of any documentary that doesn't come from a point of view. So in that sense, if you really want to, you know, take extreme words used that yes, all documentary is propaganda, although I will argue about it being oversimplified, but yes, every filmmaker comes with a point of view. In Putting that point of view across, you take the most powerful images. If I wanted to make a film on why people obey, which I do want to at some point, I would take the example of 2002-1984 and Hitler. I'd like to go to Germany and shoot, you know, the last generations of people. You know what the order you're given is horrific. Whether it's kill Sardars, kill Muslims or kill Jews. And the people who are doing it are regular folk like you and me. The idea is not theirs, but they are—they were just obeying because a lot of them, in fact, Joe Sacco's um, comic on, um, um, you know, um, um, I'm just so terrible with the names. It Palestine? Was, no, no. The uh, war Gaza? So the war trials, the correct. War trials. Okay. Uh, where the court of international court of justice. Uh, Nuremberg. Uh, uh, no, no, the Hague, international Hague, court of the Hague, correct. Okay. Hague. Uh, in that, he's actually documented uh, through his comics. Mm the kind of people and the defense that they came up with, that I was given this order. Mm. And that's not a bad guy. Now, so I would take the biggest, you know, manifestation of that, that everybody knows of. So I don't have to use that much of my film in setting the context of who this person is. So the moment I take this guy, the context is well known. So immediately my point is made. I mean, to put it crassly, I have saved 15 minutes of time on my film by saying I'm talking about Hitler. I could also say I'm talking about, you know, Daku Kirpal Chandar from one little village who had terrorized a village, then I'll have to explain where he came from, where he came. Or I could just say, Gabbar Singh. Everyone knows who he is. So as a filmmaker, yes, I will take the biggest image of anything that's happened, for sure. That's, that's why I choose it. That's and I mean, also why, uh, you know, one of the reasons why, uh, you know, it's, the issue is vexing for me because uh, you know, there was a, a brilliant documentary called Shoah that was made. You know, it ran for about 10, 12 hours. Uh, that shows the uh, Nazi atrocities, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I mean, obviously that was done in the 80s. So, you know, people did not have, the, the impact wasn't uh, so so grave as just looking at, maybe it's just purely my personal thing. I mean, to look at the image of this guy 
after what he did and you know he, he shows no remorse and then i then i begin to wonder where do you draw the line i mean for example if the if the attempt was to shock the audience to make them learn that what this guy has done is so obnoxious then why would you not show the beheading of isis because i mean th that that impact would be much more than listening to let's say jihadi joe um, so why did why did the media pan out the beheadings of uh, again for me yeah. i would not do it purely because i think it would make me lose audience um, that's why i wouldn't show the beheading i wouldn't do it because of any moral question i just think um, a lot of people will not have the stomach to watch that also i think and, uh, so then it's in terms of then, so you, then you are thinking from the audience perspective so one can say the same here not yeah, but, a lot but of people her, would not have yeah, but in her view as is evident on twitter yeah. or any if i just take a random statistic to show how many people are willing to watch it i would say it's 50 50 if not 60 40 yeah in fact with the female gender almost 80 percent are comfortable like many of them say fine i didn't make me any difference while watching it so no one turned their face i have seen the video of arms being amputated and it took me a while getting over that video yeah. so i wouldn't want to see that also video also i don't there. think it's a fair comparison you know isis i mean it's it's pretty black and white you know but you know i mean no, I, it's it's an atrocity it's atrocity for sure and yeah. everyone accepts it it's, it's an atrocity but the fact is, uh, but the uh, but uh, it is about inherent you know inherent sexism in the indian male psyche you know which uh, which needs to be exposed and yeah, i just think it could make you think uh, it sorry, make you think one, twice i suppose one know. quick thing like uh, the us channels don't show us body uh, uh, yes. you know dead bodies even bbc doesn't so, show <coughs> in fact now i think why they don't do it is because obviously that there would be a pushback from you know they then you humanize your own people right now they are heroes like captain mm -hmm. america going say whereas bakiyon ke bhooke nange mar rahe hain bodies dikh rahi hain so mm -hmm. it is a play but that is the reason i understand why it's being done i don't agree with it um so in fact during the so vietnam war when the body bags were show televised that was one of the main reasons exactly. for exactly uh, it became such a huge issue yeah. so those, but that, that again you know goes so, on to show sorry so so those me. are the kind of reasons which i would say one can argue about uh, that why x should be shown and y should not be shown but to say that this will make people to, you know to rapes and stuff which arnab goswami was saying is very so stupid i mean so what do you think of the white saviorism angle do you think it was white saviorism do you, that, do you, you think it would have been less of an issue if it wasn't a foreigner doing this documentary would it then have been a critically acclaimed work of no i i don't i i don't think uh, you know her being a white person has anything that's, to that's do that's with that's it but that's that's one side of the narrative you know people like kavita krishnan and ranjana are uh, you know their yeah. main one contention is that it's it, it has a tinge of white saviorism you know uh, about how i think kavita is a bit of radical i mean all her positions come from an extreme so i yeah. i mean it's yeah. not it's just that you know i I mean for example if the uh, you know and, and and the reason why I take the ISIS example was that I mean the moment the beheading people got to know that you know there are videos of it floating around all news channels all over the world mm. said we are not going to show it so uh, does that then depend uh, so whose whose editorial judgment it is 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 it the is it the editors worried that the audience might be so abhorred by it but the whole then the whole point is you see if if an audience shakes up and says my god look at this beheading what is happening i am not going to allow this you know surely that effect is what uh, your objective was in the first place no i think the two kind of reactions you talk about are very different how i would react one you're talking about a thought 
it's very nuanced what what this guy is saying mm-hmm. what he's saying like arunab said you see a lot of people say mm-hmm. okay so it doesn't hit you like a punch in the face okay what he's saying is banal when stripped of context he's just saying something many people say exactly so just yeah. that itself is Eight not perfect now that isis video whether isis is doing it just one man is slitting the throat of another blood is pouring out the first time i saw the uh, thing was at a gorkha regiment dashera where i saw a calf or whatever buffalo ka chota in the uh, army they you know the gorkha regiment have a real big mm-hmm. dashera in one shot taking that off dude i it was like it rocked me yeah so it doesn't matter whether no, the buffalo sacrifice good. that's so, a yeah, no, animal uh, sacrifice or any sacrifice i'm just saying forget it of context i'm just saying the visual of a head coming off and blood gushing out strip it of context it is an ugly video to show it would be like showing the close up of a turd it's just too disgusting uh, no one would be able to stomach that video i don't think that is about context that's what i'm saying mm. and even if you even if it was other way around let's say it was the hanging of a person which is just our society has mandated it i think it is disgusting to show that i've written a piece on this long ago Oklahoma City bombers uh, lethal injection was televised it was one of the lowest points in american justice in my view you can't show that people will it's not stripped of context the image of a man's head being cut off whether it's being done by a good person to a bad or a bad person to a good or is just something i think most people will not be able to watch but let us say i mean i, I get your point it's a very valid point and i i agree with that i mean looking at this is you know absolutely but le- if if we take both examples in context if we contextualize both so we know that it's isis that is beheading and we know that it is this beast who's talking about this hmm. what do you have to say then no but then that's not a fair comparison because then the comparison should be isis you know getting a voice yeah. in a documentary and they have that's a voice is saying something yeah. and this guy saying something If so, you were yeah. to say that if somehow someone had actually recorded his act I would say there's no way you can show that yeah. That would just be I would say that as a filmmaker as a purely practical call that will you gain audience or will you lose audience uh, so if it was an act that had been televised no but if he's talking about it if I got an ISIS guy talking about what he was feeling when he slit someone's throat damn I'd take that of course I'd take that I want to know what the hell was happening in his head Yeah I mean so Vice did did a documentary I mean once the ISIS thing had just about gotten off the ground and it was phenomenal because it's one thing to see these caricatures of them through press reports you know these crazed arabs running around robbing banks and killing people but it was completely different when you saw these people talking and justifying you know their rationale behind joining this movement you had people coming in from Europe and once you saw that I mean that really hit home if the documentary had just shown what they had done rather than represented that viewpoint that mentality i don't think it would have had the same message and similarly i think with uh, the india's daughter thing it's one thing to already have these um, conclusions in your head that this person's a beast he's a monster it to me it just hits home so much harder when you see that remorselessness on camera i mean um, to be honest i read i mean i read our news laundry piece and i clicked on the hyperlink and i went to the other uh so i read his comments what he made and i was disgusted enough you know i just could not i cannot bear to look at him yeah so you know that's it's an on audience reaction and yeah. i suppose you know any arguments that i make would be my foundation would be this that i cannot stand that guy mm. so maybe it's tinged with that i mean i do accept that True. so exactly. that was a great conversation and i don't know how 40 minutes passed so fast uh, <laughs> so yeah that's 40 minutes gone 
thank you so much uh, anand for thank taking you. time Thanks. off and joining us and hopefully next time when we talk about this we'll have at least one you know one female representative if not two uh, hopefully madhu and manisha will both be back yeah. but we should have a longer discussion on this with them on the panel as well yes. i think it will be interesting yes. that we yeah. should dedicate one just to this it's because it's yeah. caused so much of uh, yeah. Yeah. so thanks everyone thank and you only and happy holi guys yeah happy holi don't show water balloons please catch all new episodes of nl hafta on newsdonry.com and follow us on twitter and facebook